0: On my end? I thought you were dead. Get the sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were
1: dead. She's dead. Wrapped in plastic. Yeah, I got a good one. That man's dead back yeah. then. It was worse than check, death. Check, check, check. Must be dead. Is this a dead man? Check, check. Oh, God. gonna be some locals.
0: Oh yeah. A little move in present. <laughs> uh are you talking about the state of Georgia?
1: Uh close to. State of South Carolina, like right next to Georgia.
0: Yeah, it's there. It's yeah. so right there. Yeah.
1: That's where the uh the strip club in the cornfield is, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's where yeah. that is.
1: That's what South Carolina is famous for. It's like S- the Statue of Liberty of South Carolina.
0: South Carolina, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think they have anything. Um, They haven't. There's no food. They they don't have any claim to food, Um, which I don't prioritize that highly anyway. They don't. I don't know if they have any car manufacturers. If there's an advanced art scene, tech scene, I think they're just there. I think they have an advanced like Jimmy Buffett
1: fan base though Hilton head is there correct yeah yes that's yeah. right so that is something
0: that is groundbreaking tech I don't think you need something to be lovely I don't mean to talk shit about South Carolina we just moved next to them we'll see <laughs> I will get more informed
1: uh so hey welcome to Rose mortem cast this is an official episode unlike the last thing I put out where I learned to read and Tom is here
0: hi Travis, that was funny. I listened to it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was good. It- I think I think uh, we should just do those. I know you let the cat out of the bag. You said... Yeah, 300. That's a great movie. Let's stop there. I think we should just do what you did. That's going to be part of the new show. Yeah. <laughs> That's good.
1: Yeah, no, we're going to do 300. There's going to be 300 greased men kicking people into pits Mm -hmm. and that's going to be the end of roast mortem (laughs) pretty much but we got more things on the horizon and more importantly than on the horizon tom
0: we were kind of chatting a little bit how was your month couple months it's metamorphic i'm changing i'm becoming a very changed person um i haven't stopped i've been driving a lot i've been taking a lot of airplanes Um, Of course, we buy a house right before we booked this, well, rather, we booked this flight to Iceland, so I can't get a break, really. I'm very tired, and um, it's working, I suppose. There's part of moving down south which allows me to feel retired. I genuinely feel retired already. Everything is slow. I wave to my neighbors. They are slow, Uh, and that's good. I want to be the fastest in the neighborhood.
1: Yeah, well, you just got to carry Mountain Dews on tap for those kids coming to the,
0: you know, so you can slow the rest of the neighborhood down. Right. You're not going to be drinking the Dew. Yeah, exactly. That's what they think. You drink the Dew and all of a sudden you go fast. Turns out you drink the Dew, you go slow. Yeah. (sighs) Uh, But that's it. That's all I have because it's so much. Well, Tom, you can look forward to Hot
1: Springs in uh, Iceland, where you can go to the hot spring that Snorri Snorensen died in, the guy who wrote the uh, Poet Eddas.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. Maybe I'll die in one, too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll just die during spring in Georgia, and that would be, also be a hot spring. Uh, yeah that, that's true like what you did there
1: your dad jokes are already coming up since you've moved down there you retired they are dad jokes they, coming up
0: i i love it i love being down there i love being sticky people don't like the heat i love i love it and you know what by proxy i love south carolina too because they are also hot and sticky you know what else is hot and sticky you How are how's your week yeah, my nuts!
1: Uh, my, my month has been all right. I, I said on the last episode, I'm moving back as well. But that's not important, because for the 4th of July, which happened a long time ago now that we're recording, I decided to leave America, and I went to British Columbia. And yes. I have to tell you that uh, Victoria, B.C., Which is confusing because Victoria is on Vancouver Island, but Vancouver is not on Vancouver Island. Victoria is one of the nicest cities I've ever been to. That's nice. Fucking hands down, great architecture, stayed in a place where a lot of people died, Um, and I'm 100% pro-Canadian now. I'm a Trudeau boy. I
0: already got the face paint. (laughs) Good. Yeah, it helps to blend in around there. Um... We all know Canadians are racist. They just do a great job of hiding it. Yeah.
1: So, you know what? We're <laughs> going to be talking about a lot of racists.
0: I, you just brushed but, over that. That was yeah. a hard-hitting moment. I didn't, I didn't drive it home enough. We know what's happening up there. Okay, Travis, continue.
1: And, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, they say it's the Canadian shrimp problem. Yes. A lot of shrimp. Grown in Alberta in those black tar oil. Yeah, the beds. Edmonton Shrimpmen. Yeah, that's what do you think those pipes are for, that they're going to build over native lands? They're important. Yeah. They're important shrimp vessels. So today, we're taking a break from uh, Sterling Sterling Hayden. Hayden Sterling. Sterling Hayden. Sterling Hayden. I'll never get it right either. Yeah, so we're taking a break. We're going to go back to our crappy colonies. I got fresh new batch of colonies for us today thank you for doing this research yeah no worries uh so this episode is going to be more of like a head-to-head battle between the two nations that we've discussed in our previous series so if you want to be a cool kid be part of the cool kids club or you just haven't listened to the last episodes of this crappy colonies series uh thank you for listening to roast mortem and go listen to those do better so, yeah do better you owe us. Maybe. I might owe you. Uh, for those of you who are still there, I'll give you guys a little bit of a quick recap. Okay? Because uh, my brain, personally, is very smooth. Doing this show has made my memory worse. You'd think I'd get better at history. Uh, uh, no. Th-
0: yeah, this show has f- effectively forced me to cram so many times that I've become retarded. Yeah. And I know less of history than people who claim to know nothing of history. <laughs> okay, so here's a little short recap. So we have the
1: Spanish, right? The, from Spain. The OG colonizers of the Caribbean. And, you know, ha- they had their fun in Mexico. And they thought, hey, why not try to colonate, colonize a place that they called basically Flowerland, Florida. Yeah. And Florida, as we know... Back then, was not just the shaft of Florida, the Santa's shaft. It was Georgia. It was South Carolina, North Carolina. Basically, the whole South was just called Florida. Um, so we talked about two pretty disastrous co- Spanish colonies. Uh, but the last expedition that headed out by Tristan de Luna from 1559 to 1561. There were supposed to be three settlements, if you remember that, when we talked about Pensacola, which was uh, Santa Maria de Achus, and then there was one in Georgia, and then the last one was on the coast of South Carolina called uh, Santa Elena,
0: and all now of that, those failed. That, but that was like an attempt to um, like find multiple places to harvest resources, right?
1: Yeah, it, so it was like, it was twofold. So they remember they had like the Pensacola, Florida was like their trading base that they wanted Georgia in like the Western part of Georgia was like their crops that could feed the other ones. And then the one in South Carolina was like more of a military thing because King Philip II of Spain, he was like, we have to start settling, uh, settlizing. We had to start colonizing this part of America because we don't want our enemies mainly the French, to settle there first. Because they'd fuck up our treasure fleets. Our fleets right. laden with gold. Oh. Or the uh, Waffle House on, with sales. I ate Waffle House today. How do you feel? Bad. <laughs> you, you know what? You have to. It was started in the, the, the state south of you, but you have to get a little bit more cultured. Just go to Outback more often.
0: It's a go in with the locals. You know? I did eat out Outback recently ah. also. Hell yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot to mention when we were, when we drove down there, um, I went down with my father-in-law. I drove the car down. He was supposed to be back up on Monday, got fucked by the airplanes. They shut down everything, couldn't get a flight. So he had to take the car. So we spent like a bunch of days without a car in a town we really needed to explore. Uh, huh. But we were able to walk to Outback. Okay, there
1: we go. See, yes. Outback is like a colony in itself for every town that it's in. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So the the Spanish were worried about the French. That was that episode. And then that, then we started to talk. We talked about the first French colony, right? So the the uh, French were busy doing their own colonization, as we discussed in the la- last episode, all the way up on the St. Lawrence River in 1541. And we learned that that was not going so great. It's probably not a good idea to settle in basically a glacier. Mm -hmm. That was Uh, bad. Yeah. So the French figured we should try someplace a little warmer. Uh, So the French knew that the Spanish Armada was not something that they wanted to fuck with because it was massive. And had a lot of cannons, and it was scary. So, they, so the French decided to go way farther south. Um, it was actually the French, in fact, that were the first settler, European settlers, of Rio de Janeiro in 1555. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's far too south.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the reason why they don't speak fr- French in Rio de Janeiro and Brazil, is because they the French got their buttholes pushed in by the Portuguese only five years later. They came through and they're like, nah, this is our. Do well, you see these butts on this beach?
0: Yeah. <laughs> these are ours. Get out of here. The French don't understand butts. They just like hairy pussies. Yeah. And that's fine too, but to each their own. Yeah, the French, they weren't fit for their I mean, there's a thing called a
1: Brazilian, and I don't think any French person has ever had a Brazilian.
0: No, I think they're too busy looking at each other's fronts in disappointment. They don't even <laughs> notice the behind. Uh, so I feel there's probably an interesting
1: story there about the foundation of Rio de Janeiro, but this series is mainly focused on America. And when I say America, uh, you know, I mean Real Canada. America. Yeah, Canada and uh, America.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, So, last episode, I touched on this, last crappy colony episode, I touched on how the French and the Spanish were pretty much in a proxy war in Europe called the Italian Wars. Yeah. And this was between the Habsburg Holy Roman Empire and the Papal States, you know, like the Pope in Rome. Mm. So, all of Europe was divided along those two lines, and you know, the, uh, the French were with the Holy Roman Empire, I believe, and the Spanish were with the Papal States, or might have been switched, I might have been switched, I don't know, but Europe's just fighting itself constantly, but there was something else happening in that time period, specifically in France, and that was a religious schism between the French Catholics and the new religion, Protestant Calvinists, or as the French referred to as the Huguenots. It's a cool name. Yeah. If, I'd, if I was French, I'd say Huguenot, I think.
0: Huguenot. Huh? Mm, um, Less cool. How do you spell it? Uh, H-U-G-U-E-N-O-T-S. I think, I think the rule is if there's an S, then you pronounce the T. Okay. I'm going to stick with Huguenots because it or, reminds me of Argonauts. I, I, that could be wrong. It might be if there's an E, you pronounce the S. Whatever. French is dumb. I agree. They, they're hairy.
1: So, uh, yeah, we talked about, uh, so, it's, yeah, there's a, there's a schism going on. We got those nasty Martin Luther ass motherfuckers. These are Calvinists. But, uh, you know, it's a fresh new thing. Protestantism. Uh, and right smack dab in the middle of this religious conflict was a man named Admiral Gaspard de Colony and i Perfect. looked it up it's not na- he's not named it's not named colony after this guy apparently colony is what the romans called like a military camp
0: but it just so happens this guy's name is coligny coligny i think a lot of people think that the My Pillow guy's name is uh Mr. My Pillow. And uh Wait, it isn't? Yeah, that's my point. It it sometimes it's just so appropriate. Anyway, continue. I thought it was My
1: Pillow Jesus, you're going to love my nuts. That was his full name. Full name. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's
0: that's what he puts on his license plate.
1: <laughs> uh so this guy Gaspard, he's in the middle of this whole thing and uh, France's, the leaders in France, they figured like, hey, we need to colonize something there over in the New World, stat. Brazil didn't work. Up in Canada didn't work. So we need to figure something out. Uh, so Gaspard had sympathies for the French Huguenots. And I think he converted to a, to being a Huguenot as well down the line. Uh, the Huguenots were pretty much being hunted down and killed by French Catholics, and things were not jiving in France for the Huguenots, so uh, Gaspard kind of figured out a solution. We'll set up these colonies, French colonies, and we'll throw the Huguenots there. Great. Yeah. So Gaspard was actually the one that was responsible for the failed Rio de Janeiro, um, but his next location, uh, he was going to give the whole like colony thing a whirl in America. Now, Gaspar knew that the Spanish were very antsy about the Caribbean, and they, he knew that they had it on lock with all these big Spanish galleons and shit like that. There were pirates going on, you know, at the time, too, in the Caribbean.
0: But he didn't what, what, want... Wait, pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. Oh. That's, uh, that, Roll, that, guy... that terminology rolls off the tongue.
1: Yeah, that's that guy that's in the band... That plays with Alice Cooper. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Lionel. <laughs> Lionel Depp? Lionel Smith. Uh, So,
1: he, Gaspar noticed, he was like, why aren't the Spanish settling on that massive landmass right above them with that shaft, that Floridian shaft? He's like, we got to get in there. Um... Now, if you know anything about the Spanish and how Catholic they are, uh, if there's one thing that they don't like, it's when a Protestant moves in next door. So, I guess I was like, I don't care. They're not going to know we're there. We're going to settle in America or Florida, as they call it. Uh, so, the French Huguenots uh, were pri- in France. The French Huguenots were primarily located on coastal towns in Normandy and Brittany. So, Gaspard tracked down a Huguenot captain uh, in that area to head the colonization. And this was a dude named Jean
0: Rib- Ribbeau. Perfect. Good naming. Yeah. And good pronunciation, probably. It's uh, Jean Rib- Ribnalt. Oh, <laughs> even better. Yeah.
1: So Jean was a Calvinist convert. He was born in 1515. He spent... Most of his life at sea, primarily acting as a privateer for both the French and English. Remember, a privateer is a
0: pirate for, capt- or a, a pirate for hire by a government. Yeah, we, um, I think in the previous episode, we called them the good guys. Yeah, the IRS of pirating. Yeah, don't ask any questions,
1: the good guys. <laughs> So, Jean was playing both sides. He was working for the French and English. He was mainly raiding Spanish and Portuguese ships up and down the African coast and in the Caribbean. So, uh, Jean was the perfect uh, guy for this job, or so uh, Gaspard thought, because Jean was also working for the French and English as like a double agent uh, in terms yeah. of being a spy. So he had access into the royal courts and he was selling secrets back and forth. It's going to come back to bite him. Ooh. So in 1562, Gaspard sent out Jean and his first mate, mate uh, Golan de La- La Donne, uh, on an ex on an exploratory mission to Florida uh, to find a good place for this colony. But he was like, Just make sure when you go across, don't let the Spanish or anyone see you or know what you're up to, because if the Spanish see you settling there, it's going to be what the Spanish
0: call no bueno. Capiche? How do you, like, that's such a big ask. You know, like you go, you're traveling, how many miles is it? 3,000 miles? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so you're traveling, you don't have a GPS or anything, you're just kind of getting there. How do you know, like, someone's not going to be on the coast? Like, because you can't see someone on the coast before they see you. Yeah, right? well, yeah, that's true. So he's just like, hey, don't get seen. Don't get seen. I mean,
1: yeah. it's a big, the South's a big place. It's not it's like- all just south of the border, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's like telling a toddler, like, hey, don't let mommy see this gift I'm giving her. Like, run it downstairs right next to her. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> like Stuart from Mad TV. Like, hey, <sighs> look what I'm doing.
1: So, Gene was a seasoned seaman. Some seasoned semening Old uh, Bay. Yeah, Old Old Bay. The, bo- the uh, Maryland cum uh he took an unconventional trade wind across the atlantic which was far more north than the normal one that the spanish travel so he was he's covering his ass and they made landfall um on april 5th uh, on april eh, they made landfall in april of 1562 somewhere near saint augustine florida where that is currently currently today um St. Augustine hadn't been settled at the time, so they were safe, and they traveled up the coast uh, in, until the 1st of May, when they discovered uh, the mouth of a large river that they just called the May River because it was May, and that was a river. Hmm. Uh, that river is now called the St. John's River in Florida. And there they met the native tribe, the uh, Tim- Timucua people, um, and they... Uh, announced, they were like, hey guys, how you doing? They were, everyone was friendly, but you know, in typical French fashion, they announced the area was French territory and they erected a stone column with the French coat of arms before heading up further north.
0: Cool. <clears throat> it's good. I'm happy for them.
1: Yeah, you gotta, you gotta put a nice obelisk wherever you go, like a little shaft, a
0: little fucking hard firm shaft. Make sure a few underlings uh, are injured in the process of building it.
1: Yeah, and also his instructions were, don't let
0: anyone know you're there. And you're leaving big old obelisks on the coast? Yeah, a little old giant rock won't hurt anybody.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: So they continued up the coast until they came to an excellent harbor that they named Port Royal, which is now Port Royal, South Carolina, which is just north of savannah great love that town (laughs) now if you remember in our first episode the spanish uh san uh the spanish settlement of san miguel de gualepe in 15 uh 1529 was basically in tom's backyard in savannah and well port royal is only about 15 or 50 miles from that location where that settlement was so of course. Jean bumped into the Guale people, um, and they were still talking about how the Spanish had made the shithole colony. If you remember back from that episode, they weren't really the Spanish didn't really fuck with the natives because they were too like fucked up to fuck with them.
0: Um. Mm, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I- and then remember all the uh, their black slaves like ran off and join the tribe.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that was funny. That's a good turn of
1: events. So these French guys could have bumped into some, like, you know, black people who had been at that original, maybe their kids at that original colony.
2: Hmm.
1: Uh, So the the Guale people are like, oh, yeah, the Spanish showed up, and you guys are French, different people, Uh, so they're friendly. And the crew proclaimed the land to be French and erected another big column with a coat of arms. Now, Jean was so impressed with the harbor, he said, "You know, we just can't lose this area. So let's construct a nice wooden fort with the intention of colonizing the land." And now, this town was called uh, Charles Fort, named after King Charles the Ninth. Uh, now, I mentioned it was Port Royal, South Carolina. Charles Fort is actually the location they think it was is actually Paris
0: Island. Where the Marine Corps does boot camp. Oh. Yeah. There, There's so much military activity on the coast there. It's like crazy. You drive down like I-95 and it's like all, you know, you have Quantico's right there. And uh, yeah, there's that place in South Carolina. There's another, like the one that Sterling Hayden was at. Yeah. Um, which I don't think is the same one you mentioned, but I don't know. It just keeps happening. But this is, this is how you get all the strong men together. You put them in the sun.
1: Yeah, you put them in the sun, they get sweaty. Yeah. Um, and then you could, Tom, you got to like get a nice uh, telescope with all the military stuff because, you know, you could see a UFO. That's in that they're doing a hearing right now.
0: Uh, what was that up? Uh, Mitch McConnell freezing. Oh, yeah, he was rebooting today. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. was a good bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if I, do, you know, usually, oh, what do politicians say? We all know politician talk. How boring. Didn't even talk. No. Nah. Punked you. Punk'd gotcha. You. I, you got Mitched. Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes back. He's like, no, I'm fine. What are you talking about? I didn't do anything. That's what I'm going to start doing. When I don't want to answer a question, just totally stare off for 38 yeah. minutes in front of a camera. Yeah. I'm going to out Mitch Mitch.
1: So Gene and his men set up Charles Fort. Um, and Gene's like, all right, I'm going to leave a handful of men here with supplies. It's not really clear how many men he left. It was probably somewhere around thirty, and he left his ca- one of his captains, Captain Albert de la Para, uh, to lead the colony until Jean returned. So Jean goes back off to France in June on June eleventh, fifteen sixty two, and when he when he eventually sailed across the Atlantic, Jean returned to something that he did not expect. In fact, France had broken into an all-out civil war between the Catholics and the Huguenots. So on top of fighting the Italian Wars, they're also doing
0: a civil war. The French fight too much. Yeah, right? They really do. You know, like the modern understanding of the French don't know how to fight. It's like, god damn, these fuckers. They're just picking and boning everyone.
1: Yeah, they're fighting all the time. Yeah. You know, they, uh, they surrender the Nazis one time
0: and then we're like, they're just surrender monkeys. They're kind of like world fuck ups. And then they get called a pussy. They're like trying not to go back to jail. Yeah. They're trying not to Passchendaele again. They're like, all right, let's not go back to hell. And as soon as they do that, <gasps> pussies, <laughs> are they the
1: Kyles of Europe? Like, do they like talk mad game and like drink monster energy drinks?
0: Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they just got old enough where they were like, oh, man, this isn't going to work out. Yeah.
1: So Jean looks for his employer, Gaspard de Coligny, and, you know, he ends up being one of the leaders of the Huguenots. So Gaspard didn't have any time to deal with Jean or the new colony he set up. But the Huguenots were aligned with the English. So Jean figured, let's sail over to London and see if I can find some funding for this new colony. Now, Gene met up with an aristocrat that I would uh, love to return to, maybe on our new show. His name was Thomas Suckley, uh, and he was also known as L- the Lusty Suckley.
0: <laughs> Bro, can you start calling me that? Yeah, right? Actually, no. I wish, I wish someone called me that when I was single. <laughs> now it's useless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So this dude was a privateer
1: first, then he became a pirate, a general mercenary, a counterfeiter, and a spy. He, he like did everything. You just like, but he somehow was able to like hang out with like the queen and all this shit because he's a lusty
0: suckley. That's sweet.
1: So anyway, suckley had the idea. You know, he he had met Jean, and suckley was like, "All right, you have a new colony. Let's meet with Queen Elizabeth the First. So uh, the idea of settling Jean's colony floated around the English courts, but ultimately Queen Lizzie didn't want to piss off the Spanish. They had some type of weird, rocky agreement, and she was like, I don't want to settle there because I don't want to piss them off. Seen an angry Spanish man yelling about paella and shit? Yeah, Scary. I was going to say it's
0: probably ham-related. Yeah. She's like, "This, I got a ham train coming in. I can't. I can't yeah. just give up these hams. These are some succulent hams. Yeah. Uh,
1: So things were... While Jean is floating around, um, the Huguenot French and English alliance broke down while Jean was in uh, London. So Jean decides to try to return to France, and the English were like, oh, you're not going anywhere. And they lock him up in the Tower of London. Oh. So this guy, Lusty Suckley confiscated Jean's five ships and instead of sailing them back to the colony because Stuckley was the one the one guy that was like oh yeah this is great we're gonna make so much money in this colony so yeah. in, instead of taking Jean's five sh- ships back to the colony he decided to go raiding off the Bay of Biscay uh, attacking French Spanish and Portuguese ships eventually offering his services to the Spanish as a spy.
0: All right, well, I don't know. That's what I would do. Yeah. A little bit of pirating here and there. Also, it's way cool, like, three months to cross the Atlantic. That sucks, dude. They could do it in a month. Really? With with the right winds, yeah. Uh, With the right winds, they could do it in about a month, yeah. Yeah, but that's like, it's so much harder to, to, to measure that. And go, well, oh, this is definitely, like, you know, we don't get different miles per gallon based on what gas station we stop at. It's about the same. Yeah. Pretty damn close. But it's like, oh, yeah, nah, I'll get you in there in a month. Guaranteed. That's a liar.
1: Yeah, that could be six
0: months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kind of stirring around. So why not just go around the coast fucking up um, Portuguese territories along Africa and shit? Because, you know, you can get there. It's easy. Yeah, it's right there, bro. So much cooler, Lusty Suckley on his game. <laughs> Fuck going over there. There's shit right here.
1: Uh, so what about these people that Jean had left in the colony of Charlesfort? How are they doing? Well, they were expecting supplies to arrive from France, and now that Jean was locked up and all of his ships were stolen, things were not looking very good for them. Um. And like the Spanish before them, the colony mainly depended on the goodwill of the Guale people who helped as much as they could until the French started to just ask and ask and ask. And then the Guale were like, uh, no, no more. And then just like left the coast. Because Guale, Gual- Guale didn't live on the coast. They lived inland. They came out for fishing.
0: And then they were like, oh, okay, no. <laughs> Guale's out there going, we're literally teaching you how to fish. <laughs> yeah. And you keep asking for fish. I'm showing you how to fish. Watch as I cast. Do as I do. These fucking French don't know shit. We're going in. We're done fishing.
1: What is fishing? I don't understand. You put line in the thing.
0: (laughs) Wait, why would you put the snail on the line? Eat the snail. Wait for fish. It comes. It comes. Smoke cigarette at fish. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, so things are not looking well to make matters worse a fire broke out that burnt all, almost all of their supplies that the colony had and the leader Captain Albert de uh, Pereira um, laid down martial law hanging one of his men and exiling another so the men were not too keen at the whole fact that their captain was going around uh, hanging people so they murdered him in his sleep well, fuck them. The new leader of the colony, uh, who was originally the ship's pilot on the expedition, said enough is enough, and they start. They went to work constructing a small ship. And in August of 1563, they set sail back to France, abandoning Charles Fort in a shitty constructed boat. Now, we talked about how you, in good weather, you could make the crossing across the Atlantic in you know, roughly a month. Mm -hmm. I think it was, it might've been a little bit longer, I think going back to Europe, but it was about a month, month, two months. This ride across the Atlantic was not good at all because they had constructed a makeshift ship, ship to cross it. And the men were forced to eat the, their leather shoes and their leather shirts. So, you know, they're French, they're decked out in leather. And when all of the leather was consumed, they moved on to cannibalism. Wow! Really? Yeah.
0: Whoa. I mean, all right. Hold on. Let's be real. Wouldn't you just skip the leather and just go right to the person? You would think, and they obviously didn't learn how to fish. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So dumb. I yeah. Just eat the people first.
1: Yeah. Then go to leather. Because you're the last guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like, ah, uh, what do we have left? Edward. <laughs> Eat um, him. Fuck it. Leather. Yeah, Jacques. He's the best French cook.
1: On I just the bought boat. this leather.
0: I just went to the leather shop. I can't do a French accent for the life of me. French no. is so weird; it escapes he, me. I can't. Not, even... don't,
1: don't hold your
0: nose. <laughs> Hey, I just went to Gay Paris. That's not the name of a city. It is the name of a store in my town. Leather. In which everything is gay as fuck. And I wear leather. Like Judas Priest. I look like Judas Priest.
1: Yeah, so they're eating. They're naked at this point because they've eaten all their clothes and they're eating each other. Um, And this little ship shittily makes it across the Atlantic. And in some sort of cosmic irony the ship that discovers the, their makeshift craft was in the Bay of Biscay by none other than one of the ships that Suckley had stolen from Jean. Oh. <laughs> so nice. I thought that was just a weird coincidence. He has his ship stolen, and then, you know, his crew is like, oh, I think I know that ship. Oh, yeah, I worked on that thing. God I, damn it,
0: they have all that food over there. We just ate Edward and our candy bracelets. Oh, they're British. They don't have any food on board. Oh, yeah. they got teeth. Not for long, but they have them. They're falling out. So
1: this is not the end of our story here because, you see, while while Jean was pitching this whole colony idea to Queen Lizzie and the other nobles, uh, a Spanish ambassador had heard the conversation getting a little bit of hot goss in the Royal court. And he had forwarded the le- a letter to the Spanish governor in Havana in Cuba and was basically like, Hey, I heard a bunch of French idiots are hanging out in Florida and you should probably go take a look, see what's going on. Huh. So the governor sent off a crew to talk to the Guale people. And when they arrived in their village, they found a French cabin boy named Guillaume Ruff, Rufflin. Sure, William sounds like a dog. Yeah, R- William Rufflin. Uh, so they found this cabin boy living amongst the tribe, and they're like, "How the hell did you get here? You look pretty French. You don't look like a Guale. Look at that. Why you were- like none of them? None of the other Gualays are wearing berets. Uh, and so this kid was like." Yeah, my colony built this shitty ship, and it was like, I was no way I was getting on that thing. <laughs> looked like, just like, uh, I don't think I could have got across the Atlantic. Probably smart move by him.
0: He probably would have been the first to go.
1: Yeah. Um, uh,
0: it kind of it looked like a uh, Ford F-150 1986 that they tried to convert into a hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that look, and oh. whether one should get in it is up for debate. Uh, so he was like, yeah, I just joined the Guale
1: because, you know, that was probably safer. Uh, but this kid spilled the beans on Charles Fort and gave the Spanish its location. So they were like, if you go over there, you'll find some parts of a fort. The Spanish showed up and they're so angry, even though the fort was mainly deconstructed, they burnt the colony to the ground and took the stone column with the French coat of arms on it. All right. Now the Spanish report um the Spanish that went there reported back to the governor that the French threat was no more but uh the thing that scared him the mo- scared the Spanish the most was that the cabin boy told him that the colony had mainly been settled by Huguenots and those uh, aren't Catholics yeah and he also they also the cabin boy also said that they wanted to raid the treasure f- fleets. So the Spanish were now on high alert. Got, got some devil-worshipping Protestants trying to move in and steal their treasure.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if they're really interested in the same thing. They probably actually wanted treasure. The Spanish probably wanted young boys. Something like that. Between, like, the the skin tone of a Spaniard and the Catholicism treasure, probably boys.
1: <laughs> so the first French civil war of religion, as this little conflict was called between the Huguenots and the Catholics had ended in 1563 and Gaspard de Colonnais um, jumped right back into the colony effort. Problem was, was his captain was still locked up in, the Tower of London, so he made the call to use the first mate of the expedition, the guy named uh, L- A, uh on the next expedition to colonize. Uh, so he was like, yeah, you're the boss now. You're promoted. Um, so cool. they, they set out uh, in April of 1564, and Londonet landed in Florida in June and decided, he was like, I'm not going to resettle Port Royal, um, Charles Fort in South Carolina. instead, I'm going to go back to that May River, uh, uh, or what is now known as the St. John's River, uh, what is now known as the St. John's River in Florida, and settle a colony right there. Now, this was more of a proper attempt at a colony. There were 300 settlers, mainly Huguenots, but there were some Catholic Catholics and some Muslims as well as African slaves.
0: Ew. <laughs> Muslims, ew. Yeah, some Muslims there. Uh, just to backtrack real quick, you know what I just, uh, you're talking about that May River. Yeah. Silly to name them a, a river after a, a month. You know what Rio de Janeiro means? What? It's the river of January. Ah, oh, so same naming convention from the French. Yeah, it's the same thing. It just dawned on me. I was like, that whole city is named in that dumb way.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, in New York, we named it after the month of Hudson and East. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. We named it after a Bruce Willis movie that not a lot of people have seen, yeah. according to every time I ask someone. So the, uh, you know, they, the, the
1: local tribe, the Temuka I think it is, uh, were very pleasant with the settlers and they got to the settlers got to work constructing what they called Fort Caroline, which is in Florida, not in uh, Carolina. The other one was in Carolina. This one's Fort Caroline.
0: Gotcha.
1: Uh, so the chief of the local tribe, a guy named Sa- Satura, uh, even sent over 50 of his own men to help with the construction. Now, this was a proper raised triangular fort. Uh, extremely defensive and uh, they set this up with the expectation that the Spanish were going to come and try to fuck them up. Uh, but the fort had all of the amenities had proper settlement, you know, storehouses, shops, cabins. It was a legit settlement. So things were off to a good start. And, you know, these are European raccoon people. So they immediately started to look for <laughs> gold and precious metals they need
0: shiny things oh boy yeah yep raccoons are cool yeah sometimes when they're not people uh
1: so on their search they bumped into two ship shipwrecked spaniards uh who had been living stranded on an, an island with some other native american people for 15 years you know they just were like i'm not going back to cuba why why would i go there that's got to be so awesome. What,
0: just being two shipwrecked guys with in a tribe? Imagine, like, you got drunk one night and you crashed your car into someone's house and then you just ended up living there for free. Like, like, their life must have been so bad as career sailors where that was the obvious choice. So that's why I think it's cool. Where it's like, oh, yeah, like, happy accident. There you go. Like... Imagine if the Titanic, the, the, the iceberg that the Titanic hit was habitable. Yeah. Th- that would be awesome. Yeah. And then there'd be a bunch of people being like, oh, yeah, my, my ancestor died on the Titanic. He was actually trying to swim off the iceberg because we had it cool here. Anyway, it's fun to think of. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, I, do you think Billy Joel tried that when he crashed into somebody's house on Long Island? <laughs> he, he may have. He may have paid the amount of the house value to keep yeah. them silent. Yeah. So in a way, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> His spirit lived on in their living room. I, listen, I know I came through your living. <laughs> I know you weren't expecting me, Billy Joel, <laughs> but let me tell you something. How much do you have left on this mortgage? <laughs> I'll even, I'll it. I'll even do the drywalling myself. Yeah, I'll patch <laughs> it up myself, and then we'll talk numbers. After it's all better than you had it before. But don't, don't you fucking tell anyone.
1: So these two shipwrecked Spaniards uh, told the French that, the, the, you know, these local tribes, they don't have any gold here, but uh, all the gold they have is sh- salvaged from Spanish wrecks. But they did hear of a chief that has a lot of gold, but we don't know where he is. So it was like the same exact thing that they had heard
0: up in Mm. Canada. Of course.
1: Uh, The good times were not going to last at Fort Caroline, uh, as you'd expect, because it's called crappy colonies. So when the chief of the local tribe had sent over those 80 men to uh, build the fort, the chief kind of was expecting this gesture as like an act of alliance. You know, He's like, oh, yeah, I'll help you build that fort. And like now we're buds, right? Uh, but Laudanay did not see it that way. He was like, all right, I, that's cool. Thank you. And then he started to make deals with all
0: the neighboring chiefs. Oh, of course. So he's like, oh, well, thanks for helping me. Shovel my driveway, Eric. I, uh, I can't wait to see you in a couple of months from now when it's nicer and right? we can have a beer on the front lawn. And uh, yeah, I know all those jokes you were saying about fucking my wife. They're all, we were just joking around, right? You're not going to actually do that. That was us having a good laugh as middle aged men shoveling a driveway, right? <laughs> see how that goes. Yeah. So
1: this animosity between the chief and Ludney. Uh, led to some constant raiding at Fort Caroline. Uh, this wasn't enough to, like, devastate the well-designed fort, but it did start to increase that tension amongst the colonists. So in September of 1564, Gaspard de Coligny, back in France sent a relief ship uh, supplied with women, uh, children, supplies, food, and rationing to keep the colony going. But he al- well, he also figured, he was like, they're going to need some more laborers to help expand this fort, you know? And where's the best place to find laborers besides Africa because they were using African slaves? Let's get a bunch of criminals that I plucked from a prison and they can work off their term
0: uh, in this new colony. You have to invent license plates first. <laughs> yeah. To make that work. On top of that, when this
1: relief ship was going across... The Atlantic, I guess they bumped into a, like a smaller Spanish ship that they captured. So they included a bunch of, quote, foreigners who were most likely Spanish captives. And they could use them as laborers, too. So your enemy and the criminals to help build your,
2: <laughs>
1: your colony. Oh. Now, before the, you know, the ship arrives, all these cr- criminals and people, women are unloaded. And Lundney took the opportunity to send back some of his less faithful colonists on the supply ship. Um, There's actually a conspiracy going around that he had uncovered that there were people that wanted to kill him. So he thought it was a great idea to send those people back to France so they could basically just say how
0: much of a shitty job he was doing. (laughs) Yeah, that's bad. I mean, you could, you could have put some holes in the ship and then sent him back. Yeah. By the time they're out there, dude, Yelp review didn't go through.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do that with my Uber, Uber drivers sometimes. They just put a slow leak in their, their tires. Yeah. I've been thinking about doing that a lot recently. Yeah. So when the supply ship disappeared over the horizon, 11 men in the colony snuck aboard a bur- uh, barak Burkhoi, a small ship that was... Uh, 35 feet and they escaped the colony with the intention of going off to Cuba and raiding coastal towns so they raided the small fishing town of Savannah, Cuba uh, where they stole supplies and took captives now these were not very good pirates because the captives were able to escape the ship somehow the Spanish captives
0: alright alright so it's not hard to keep people on a ship. It's like you just Yeah. It's a locked door. Yeah, it's not like you can like
1: jump out of the car door when you know you you stop driving. It's like you're in the
0: water. You put the child lock on. <laughs> yeah. It's not that fucking hard. But you keep a guy on there and you give him a stick. Yeah. You keep one of your guys there, just like if if any of these dopes come out, you just bop him on the head. <laughs> bop. Easy. So these prisoners escaped and the prisoners
1: sailed to Havana and told the governor, and he was, she, he was like, Hey, you're They Told him he was like, Hey, remember those devil Lutheran French? Apparently the Spanish just called all Protestants Lutheran. Well, they're in Florida and there's a lot of them and they're raiding our towns in Cuba. Hmm. So as you can kind of see a trend going on here, they're supposed to keep a low profile and things keep piling up and piling up with uh, the French not being, you know, I don't feel like the French are never very good at being inconspicuous. I feel like they're kind of loud people.
0: Um, yeah, I definitely think, I, I agree with that in the sense of they are loud, but I do believe they think they're quiet. They're not though. I think that they want to come across like a person who had a really rough childhood. Yeah. But they haven't. No. Like, they want to be Russian. They're not Russian. <clears throat> they haven't been beaten into misery and uh, humiliation the way Russians have. And they play it off like they have if you watch French cinema. Yeah. <clears throat> like, why are you smoking that much? I mean, look at their riots they're doing
1: today for, like, raising the, the, the retirement age to, like, 61 or something.
0: And the rest of the world is looking at them like, you kidding me, guys? (laughs) I I don't think, I think they have bigger problems than working till 61. Yeah. I think that's like the caveat, also it's the caveat that comes with the life expectancy exceeding, in the last like 40 years, it's grown 20, 20 something years of life expectancy. Has it not? Yeah, especially if you're French. So why not? I think the, Why not work till, you, work till you're dead? I think like the, Ameri- the American life expectancy, I think, has gone down in the past five years. <laughs> That's called diabetes, and yeah. it's called heart disease. But French somehow have managed to not work that many hours, which is another reason why they should keep working.
1: Yeah. So we've got the, so, got the French trying not to be loud, and they're being very loud. So while these guys are leaking the fact that there's a colony, another colony set up in Florida— Back in Fort Caroline, things were getting very bad, Um, probably because Gaspard had sent over a bunch of criminals (laughs) to work on this colony.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, and didn't they send women before?
1: Yeah, because they were like, oh, we sent a bunch of dudes to build a colony, but now we got to, like, colonize it.
0: Right. So then they send the women over, and then followed by a bunch of criminals. Oh, man. Let's go for the bad boys now. It's gross, yeah. Now it's like extra gross. It's like now, now it's co ed prison,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Imagine how that goes. So, 66 men
1: mutinied. Um, they captured LaNay and forced him to sign a document stating that they were free to sail to trade for food for the colony now that because they were all starving. Now, that was there was no intention for these men to go trading, they got their ships. And they started to pirate around the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. They turned it into John Depp's. It's cool. Yeah. Eventually, some of them were captured. And then some of them fled back to Fort Caroline, which is not smart. Because you had mutinied and captured the leader. So, Ne hanged them. But, again, more optics. More reason for the Spanish to come after this colony. Sure. So yeah, that's the reason why I'm bringing up all these kind of small instances of dudes escaping and going off to swab their decks in the Caribbean. Uh because this is not what they wanted. The French were trying to stay inconspicuous. And now news got around that there's French another French colony. So the Spanish king, King Philip II, was like we got to do something. There's French all over Florida. They're just like I, too many of them. So he hired a guy named Pedro... All right, here's the here's name for you. Pedro Mendez de Alve y F- Alfonso de la Campa. Oh, yeah, I know him. <laughs> yeah, Pedro,
0: who's next to Alfonso's camp. Or- e Alcampa. Hey, yeah. L. A-L. They call him... They call him Big Toenail <laughs> in town. <laughs> because his name... And his long toenails. Yeah. Uh, So we're going to call him long toenailed Pedro. Do it. Because that's what they've been calling him. (laughs) By that, I mean those who love him most. So instead of coming up with a new plan, Pedro was like, hey, King, you remember that
1: fort you wanted to set up uh, on the coast of the Atlantic? The one that you sent that guy Tristan to go set up? What do you call it? Santa Elena? Let's just that down it's pretty much where the first fort that we burned down charles fort was in uh port royal south carolina and the king was like no 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 that will not do because even though i'm getting all these treasure fleets from the rape and pillaging of central american civilizations gonna be honest with you i'm broke in fact spain is nearly bankrupt <laughs> oh
0: what yeah oh what so, well, there are no Portugal. Portugal is rich as hell. Yeah. So uh, he's, he's like, hey, uh,
1: you got some scratch, right, Pedro? I authorized you to conquer, pacify, settle, evangelize, and evangelize the nasty little French colony of Fort Carolina. Only thing you got to do is finance it yourself and raise your own fleet.
0: <laughs> and he would be doing that in the name of Spain, correct? Oh, yeah. That's so fucking sweet. The, the, like, just talking someone into doing something for you right. on that level. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wish I could do that. I feel like that's why people have kids. So,
1: like, Bro, you I, have
0: to do that, this for the household. Wait, do I? I was out at uh, old school Mary Carol's over here last weekend. Oh, yeah. And I ran into someone who was a grade younger than us. I'm not going to. Tell you who he was On air But the guy asked me To buy him a drink And I was like You're 34 <laughs> Yo can you buy me a drink Yeah Ooh. It's like the opposite of that For some reason If he had got me To buy the drink It would be just as demeaning If he had got me To colonize A, a region of the world I had never visited Once before Yeah Pretty much Yeah It's the same kind of embarrassment There's less to conquer now Is what I'm saying <laughs> So one of the things I forgot to mention
1: Right off the bat uh, I, I step, We stepped away for a second And I saw it posted on my d- desk The book I read didn't mention this But I looked it up So Fort Caroline where we're talking about is actually Jacksonville, Florida Oh, cool And I am wearing the Jacksonville, Florida uh, Minor League team The Jumbo Shrimp right now
0: One of my Bro. favorite shirts <laughs> That's so good I love that so we're Jacksonville's gonna, only two hours from where I'm at. Yeah. And so you uh, go to a yeah. jumbo strip game. You also got the bananas too, right? Apparently, the, getting tickets to the Savannah Bananas is uh, pretty difficult. Mm. Um, so I don't think I'm going this year, but I don't even know when the season starts. But regardless, Jacksonville's right there. Only two hours away. Got to pop in. Well, we're going to talk about the fight. For Jacksonville, or as they
1: called it at the time, Fort Caroline in Florida. (laughs) Mm. So Pedro, right. Pedro gets, he's, remember, he's got, he got the word that uh, there's some French dickheads up there. And so, but he has to raise the fleet. So he starts shaking some dicks in Spain. He starts talking to some rich dudes and boom, he's got eight galleons, huge, massive ships, uh, men, supplies, guns to attack Fort Carolina. Or Fort Caroline. Um, Now, they're in Spain right now. He's not organizing this in Cuba or Puerto Rico. Now, we've seen a trend with our past episodes that the Spanish, every expedition they have attempted, they forget to check the forecasts. So, uh, Mm. Pedro's ships set sail from the Canary Islands to do this siege on Fort Caroline um, on June 27th. Oh, excuse me. On June 27th, 1565. And wouldn't you know it, they sailed
0: directly into a hurricane. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's bad for those of you who don't sail. Yeah, especially when you're in an old wooden bucket. It's like uh, you're just on a sandal. Yeah. Not oh, no, no, it's not great. a...
1: You've got to give at least, at least a Birkenstock. All right,
0: well... A gay sandal.
1: <laughs> so, one of the ships starts to sink. It turns around goes back to Spain. Another one's blown off course and is captured by French pirates off the coast of es- Hispaniola. Uh, the third wrecked on the coast of Guadalupe, and the remaining ships barely... Made it across and to their rendez- rendezvous in San Juan, Puerto Rico on August 11th. So Pedro, he was ready to just like go on the attack right away, but now he's stuck okay. in San Juan doing repairs and finding new soldiers and new supplies because he just got his
0: shit wrecked up by Mother Nature. Yeah. It's not exactly like kicking off your shoes before you have a scuffle in the streets. Yeah. So
1: word, you know, if, if he was able to you know, land in San Juan and go and, attack, go and attack this fort, he would have like decimated it. But word had spread that Spain was going to attack Fort Caroline. And the word got to Gaspard de Colonnais. And he decided to send reinforcements to the colony. And it just so happened that his guy, Jean Ribaut, was released from the Tower of London. And remember, Jean was Laudanier's... Captain originally, uh, the guy who's running for Caroline, so right. r- he you know, he loads up a ship, Rabot's ship and stuff, and he Rabot also hits bad weather crossing this uh, transatlantic voyage. It's not a hurricane, but he gets thrown off a little bit. Um, and just to kind of tell you like how I mean, it's crazy to think that news traveled as fast as it did you know, uh, back in the time, you know, back then in the 16th century. Uh, So news had actually spread from the French court to the Spanish that uh, reinforcements were coming. Um, And they had enough time to send a ship across the Atlantic to San Juan and inform Pedro that he better attack Fort Caroline because
0: there's reinforcements coming. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, you would think that everything took a minimum of six months. Yeah, no, I mean,
1: it was slower, but like I said, you get a ship across, especially if it was like a smaller ship, you know, you get it across in a month. And like, if your ship's blown off course, that might be
0: four months, you know? Imagine getting blown off course. Imagine being a sailor and being blown (sighs) at all. Imagine the tastes and smells of a sailor being blown. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah, stop yeah, imagining. I don't want to imagine it. Yeah, yeah, don't imagine it. Uh,
1: <clears throat> so word had gotten out that the reinforcements are coming. Um and Pedro's like, All right, I gotta gotta do something. Like uh, I'm gonna have to do this with like four Half repaired ships he acquired another one too in San Juan and he's like fuck it. I'm gonna go attack the fort So while all of this is unfolding things at Fort Caroline Fort Caroline were reaching a breaking point The French had not secured enough food and water over the winter and they started to do that thing where they started demanding the tribes for food and which led to raiding back and forth and London um, expected a supply ship to come in May and when that didn't come he was like well we're kind of fucked we don't have food
0: uh, no fresh water yeah um, our Native American boyfriends aren't even talking to us right now how how are we going to do this? yeah even though they sent over all those boys to help build our fort and then we're like fuck that they kept helping and helping and helping and as soon as we asked for more they started calling us frogs <laughs> I guess, uh, you know what? They didn't put out enough. If those French were able to suck Wiener a little bit better, they would have been able to figure this whole thing out. And they're good at that. They, well, they should have been better. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. So in July,
1: uh, Longnier decided to say, fuck it. We're packing up the colony and abandoning the site. This is all going down at the same time. Like these ships are being sailing and. So he's like, "We're done with the colony. Let's dismantle the wooden fort and construct a ship um, to get back across the Atlantic." Now they were down to the the colony was down to their last ten days of rations when all of a sudden five English ships cruised into the harbor. Uh, The fleet's captain was none other than John Hawkins. Now is he from Pocahontas? uh, Yes. No, no, he's not from Pocahontas. He's um, he's from Peter Pan. Oh, he's just a boy. Uh, yeah, you might you might not know who John Hawkins is. He, w- but he was a a British vice admiral that turned into a pirate and smuggler. There's a few stories of him being a pirate and stuff like that. But his real claim to fame was that he was the first Englishman to join in the with to join into the world famous transatlantic
0: slave trade. oh yeah so he was a money-making man yeah he was for the standards of the time uh, yeah i'm not here to excuse the behavior i'm just saying you know so his money-making
1: ability was so renowned that hawkins decided to change his family royal crest to include a black guy in chains on it
0: I mean, imagine like you got to think. Do you think the Baskin Robbins folks? Do you think they changed their family crest to have iced cream on it? Fudgy the whale. That's Carvel. But 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 do you think the Carvel lineage is all like they're they're uh, (coughs) yes? We'll attend DeVry University. Uh, May I bring my own coat of arms to put on my uh, school-sanctioned leather coat? (laughs) Do they uh, have leather coats? Yeah, no, they ate them. Oh, right, right. Yeah. We're talking yeah, yeah, I did yeah, say yeah, Devry. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so John John Hawkins, he's a real scumbag. He's a guy somebody would have done it, but he was a scumbag that started it all for the all that English colonies and slave trading. Um so Laudonet and Hawkins strike a deal. They're like Hawkins, like, I'll take all your cannons. And, because the cannons are expensive and they're heavy. the are big brass cannons too. Hmm. And I'll give you a small ship and enough provisions to sail home. And so they make the deal. Hawkins sails away to do whatever the hell he was going to do. Probably steal more black people from Africa. And the settlers and Laudnay were all ready to go. They were just waiting for favorable winds. When all of a sudden, you know, they got all their ship loaded. All of a sudden... They see ships on the horizon. Now, remember, all these events are going on at once, and they have no clue what's happening, these guys uh, in the colony. So, is it the Spanish? Is it the French? Well, it was their lucky day. It was actually Jean and his reinforcements that made it to the fort first.
0: Oh, uh, thank God those winds were so poor for many days.
1: Yeah. So, Jean must have like showed up and been like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, I'm supposed to defend this fort but it's like half deconstructed and there's a shitty ship you started to build. What the
0: hell's going on? You have no cannons. <laughs> what the fuck well, is going gave on him to a nice man. He asked, he asked politely and he gave us a schooner. Yeah. He gave us a, a bottom heavy schooner so we can make it back home. There's all the, it was weird. There's all these like chains in the, in the hall. And <laughs> yeah. And he didn't ask any questions about our leather shirts so we thought he was cool so Gene sets
1: up his four ships that's how, how, how I think he lost a few in the weather uh, and they anchor them up in the harbor and they start unloading the supplies and reassembling Fort Caroline only six days later while they were unloading and reconstruction constructing, one of Gene's men st- spotted Pedro's ships approaching on the horizon oof so even though Pedro, Pedro's ships were all fucked up, remember, he'd left while he was repairing them because he had heard about the reinforcements. Pedro's flagship, the San Pellio, was really fucking massive. It was a giant Spanish galleon. Spanish made the biggest galleons in the world, and it had way more cannons than any of the French ships. But Pedro knew that the French, because the ships were damaged, if the French were able to, like, maneuver outmaneuver them and bring him on onto like open seas, he'd probably lose because the ships were faster and all that stuff. You played Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Look at the big old Spanish galleons.
0: I've never played that game. I don't get the reference, so I don't know if there's humor involved.
1: There's none. I'm not a humorous man. I just enjoy no, short.
0: We're actually both pretty serious tonight. Yeah. There's been no jokes.
1: No. Zero. Not mm-hmm. one. Uh, so Pedro quickly blocks the mouth of the St. John's river as a rainstorm rolled in and that the night was approaching and now neither in old timey right now you're like, Oh, like night battles and all this cool stuff. But like people didn't fight at night, like before the 20th century. Uh, I mean, you, you heard about Washington crossing the Delaware and slitting people's throats in the middle of the night. But like when night hit, he will just like, didn't fight, so... The yeah, Span- they the- went to bed. Yeah. No, well, the Spanish were anchored, um, like, probably, like, a couple football fields away from the French, and the entire night was just, like, the both of them cursing at
0: each other. Like, I'm gonna fuck you. I'm gonna... Nah, fuck you. Puta, puta. <laughs> yeah. There's... There, for some reason, when you're over here, you sound like a Puerto Rican. Yeah. <laughs> Yo! I'm gonna kill you tomorrow, yo! (laughs) So, as
1: dawn broke, the French made the first move. They cut their anchors and tried to goad the Spanish out into the open sea because they could see that, like, Pedro's ships were all fucked up. Pedro was kind of... He was kind of bluffing the whole time because apparently his ships were too large to actually get close to the fort. Okay. So... He cut his anchors, and instead of following the French ships, he sailed south along the coast. And his plan was to regroup and attack another day, and set up another fort that was close to Fort Caroline. And this spot was St. Augustine, Florida. Which is what it is today. Right,
0: it's it's a pirate town, from I learned on a previous episode. Yeah. I have yet to go, but I do, man, I love Captain Jack Sparrow and what all of his friends do. I want to go there. You remember when he walked out into the ocean, uh, like the ship was sinking, and then he walked onto the, and he said, "Ah, oh, right, Captain Jack. Yeah. I mean, everyone remembers the famous Captain Jack going, as you wish. <laughs> So, Pedro constructed a fort at St. Augustine. He
1: unloaded all of his artillery. And now, back in Fort Caroline, Ribot and Lanier were debating what their next move should be. Lanier was sick at the time. um, And he was like, hey, we should reinforce the fort. We weren't finished building it. That way, if they attack, we'll be ready. But Ribot, who was like higher in command overruled that because apparently more people agreed with Lanyer. Um, he overruled it. And he said, fuck that. We're going to go attack the Spanish fort at St. Augustine that they're already building. So Rabot left Lanyer at Fort Caroline and sailed his attack fleet down the coast, south to the Spanish fort. Rabot faced the same problem that Pedro had, was that the sand? There were sandbars that prevented his larger ships from getting close to the fort to lay siege on it. Mm. He had an option of maybe docking north of St. Augustine and attacking by land, but that was pretty risky. And while he was mulling over the options, another hurricane rolled through and sent his ships all over the place.
0: Ah, awesome.
1: So you think oh we got a hurricane going on but this is florida you've seen in florida they do some fucking crazy shit when hurricanes happen they'll just you see people walking down the middle of the road like you know fucking in the hurricane
0: yeah <laughs> a lot of them like die yes it's true <laughs> there's something about florida that's so magical that when the hurricane comes it comes it does It bucket's full yeah it's just it's just out there everyone's got uh the idea that they should have bought boots when they saw them on sale. No, they don't have
1: L.L. Bean down there.
0: Yeah. Why don't they? I don't know. Just so, wearing sandals. Just yeah. like, I don't care. Yeah. I'll have a good time down here.
1: So Pedro came up with, Pedro this in, in St. Augustine, Pedro came up with a go big or go home kind of plan. He decided with Rabot's ships scattered to the wind... He would lead an army through the swamps of Florida uh, north by land to Fort Caroline and sneak attack them by land during a hurricane. Uh, At least they won't hear the footsteps. Right? So Pedro left the sick and disabled and noncombatants behind in St. Augustine. So if Rabot was able to regroup in time, he would have been able to capture the fort. But he's dealing with a hurricane at sea. He is, you know, fuck that. But in the middle of a hurricane, Pedro made this march. He led 500 men um, uh, 35 miles north to Fort Caroline. It took them four days marching through the waist-high swamp water in gale force winds. And they're wearing armor, by the way, too. Like... it sucks. Yeah. So when they reached Fort Caroline on September 19th, 1565... They reached it in the dead of night, and again, they don't fight at night. They just hung out in the swamps, all hungry and ready for battle. Now, Lanier had let his guard down. He figured it was impossible for them to attack during a hurricane, so he had kind of been light on his guards, you know, they're seeking shelter. But in the morning, the Spanish emerged from the swamps, soaked, hungry, and ready for blood. Because they were essentially waterlogged down to the bone, they're matchlock aquabuses, which are um, the guns that use a fuse, you know, like mm-hmm. a little string, they're essentially useless because they're soaked. Uh, it's yeah. time for
0: hand-to-hand combat, you and me, Frenchmen. Yeah.
1: So they fell, af- fell upon the fort. Yeah. So they fell upon the fort by sword and pike. Huge, big old pikes. The French were cut down as they emerged from their sleeping quarters. It was an all-out massacre. The Spanish killed 140 men. Damn. Women and children were spared, and 50 men were taken prisoner. <clears throat> about, 50 the, about 50 of the French fled off into the swamps and escaped the massacre, including Lanier, a carpenter by the name of Nicolas Chaloux, Attempted to return to the fort to grab some of his valuables, like sneak in and sneak out. But he stopped yeah. in his... Sh- What's that?
0: Well, well what, what are his
1: valuables? Well, he's a carpenter. It's probably like a... A dumb, chisel.
0: Yeah, a little chiz. A cup that he puts uh, nuts and bolts in. Yeah, he's like, I can't lose that. I need I, this. I this lost is- my child, but I can't lose my chiz. I can live without a child, but I can't live without chisel. <laughs> I, I must be chisin'. So he's sneaking back through the swamps, and then he
1: stopped in his tracks. He looked up, and there was a line of hanged men around the fort, like lining the entire fort. And there was a sign that Pedro had written. He said, "I do this not as to, I do this not as unto Frenchmen, but as onto Lutherans.":
0: All right, well, I got a few thoughts. First one, when you're running through a swamp and you look up and you're surprised, and that's the, paint, that's the picture you've painted for me, I'm going to go with skunk man. There's a skunk <laughs> man standing there going, Oh, watch me beat my meat, boy. Yeah. Oh, watch me with my big balls hit my knuckles. Yeah, boy.
1: When I come down to visit, Tom,
0: we have to go (laughs) looking for the skunk man. We'll go. I'd love that. Um, Second thought. The sign that Pedro wrote. Way too long. Yeah. Why not just write Die Lutherans? Right? That's not very good branding. Although, Die Lutheran does sound, it could be taken as a German thing. Die Lutheran? I don't Mm. know. There could be, like, a Swedish death metal man. Yeah. Daryl, Daryl Um Those are my two thoughts. Also, I hope that guy got to chiz another day. I, I think he
1: just I think he just beat feet. He's like, I got to chiz somewhere else, dude. See all these hanged dudes? Yeah. I would hate to be hanged like that. Uh, so, Jean Rabot. Remember, his... Ships were scattered everywhere. Um, he realized what was happening, and he attempted to launch a counterattack by sea. There was an exchange of cannon fire. A few ships were lost on either side. But in the end, the Spanish won the day. Ribot was able to rescue the men that had fled into the swamps, including Launier, um and he had sent the survivors back to France on a, sh- on a separate ship that was captained by his son, Jacques Ribot. Um, but Rabot remained in the area with about 200 man, men with the plan to retake the fort.
0: Almost done. here. You, uh, uh, why would you say something like that? Because uh, I, got, I got a lot of story. I know, but it's like, bro, we only have a few episodes left of this show. People want to hang on. They want to hear our tired thoughts because we record too late yeah it is late probably more late for you it's way more late for me i'm exhausted but um i'm ready to give it my sum for (laughs) lack of a better term i can't give it my all i don't have all i'm ready to give it my my chiz yeah so i'm just saying you know next time you're gonna say almost done here just don't (laughs) uh so pedro he
1: renamed Fort Caroline to San Mateo. Uh, Pedro put some of his officers in charge of the fort, and then he headed back south to St. Augustine. A day after Pedro arrived in St. Augustine, uh, some allied Native Americans, like a scout, came to him and reported that he had seen a large contingent of French stuck on a sandbar Essentially stranded out somewhere
0: because the tide had come in, detached from the mainland. Sounds like Fire Island.: Yeah, uh, a sandbar <laughs> filled with uh, gay Frenchmen. Yeah
1: So Pedro took 15 men, uh, Pedro took 45 men and a large boat to investigate. What he found was 140 Frenchmen that had been marooned from one of Rabeult's ships uh, that had run aground in the sandbar during the hurricane. They were largely unarmed and starving, but they were still ready to put up a fight. Um, The French said that they, you know, uh, there was a little exchange of words and whatever, and the French were like, all right, we'll surrender to you, Pedro, if you let us live and, you know, whatever. Pedro was like, I'll accept your surrender under my terms of surrender. And they're like, okay,
0: there's no choice. We're stuck on this sandbar. Yeah, we're on a sandbar. What, are we going to fight sand? That's the other enemy here. (laughs) Endless amounts of them. There's some of you. We can handle you later. So Pedro sent out a bunch
1: of uh, small rowboats, and they they loaded up all the Frenchmen off the sandbar and tied all of their hands. He then rowed out to some dunes on the mainland. And one by one, he ordered his men to stab them to death. Uh,
0: well, Pedro not, is not very nice. No. From what I've gathered here. Also, still thinking about his editorial. Um, Die, you Lutherans. <laughs> that would have been better. So out of the 140 Frenchmen, Pedro
1: only spared 16 because they were either Catholic or were skilled laborers that Pedro needed to f- use to construct his fort. So that's probably why
0: that guy was trying to go grab his chiz. Oh, yeah. He's, like, <laughs> he's doing it. Please, I'm a BuzzFeed rider. Please do not kill me. I, I, I used to work for a CNN. I used to work for a Washington Post. Please do not kill me.
1: Dude, the sword, the pen is mightier than the sword.
0: Oh. I used to work customer service at Home Depot. (laughs) Please do not kill me. I'm very valuable.
1: So a few weeks passed and Pedro received news from his captured, uh, you know, colony, which is now called San Mateo, uh, that a fire had broken out and had destroyed most of their provisions and their artillery. Like, that's weird. But, you know, shit happens. Not long after, the Spanish at San Mateo discovered about 200 Frenchmen, led by Jean Rabot, hiding in the swamps near San Mateo. They probably were the ones that lit the uh, provisions on fire. Mm. So Pedro was like, all right, he takes 150 men to go deal with these Frenchmen. Before things got violent, negotiations broke out directly between Jean Rabot and Pedro. About 70 of the the Frenchmen, including Rabot, agreed to Pedro's terms of surrender. The rest of them fled off into the swamps. And again, Pedro had tied the hands of 70 men, including Rabot, brought them to the same dunes. Now, this wasn't that long after, so the corpses of the last men that he had slaughtered we're probably like sticking out of the sand and like crabs were living in them and like yeah. eating their flesh.
0: Yeah, like I know that. I, I've seen a rotting Frenchman before. Yeah. That's what they look like. I, you're not bringing me here for that, are you? You said we we're coming out here for ice cream. <laughs> I don't know why I think that's like what people promise and what people reference all the time. Yeah. So, the, and then that- the good version of the bad thing that is happening. Oh, I thought ice cream was on the other side. Yeah, well, this isn't
1: like a little league uh, a pizza night, you know? Oh, you guys are going to get a pizza after the game.
0: <laughs> uh oh. Turns out we're bringing you to Wild by Nature and getting your grass juice shots. No! Kill me. Kill me so many times when I was 11. Yeah, I feel like that's actually
1: coming from a personal uh, experience, Tom. <laughs> Wheat, grass. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so then oh. Pedro made the order to have his men stab all 70 men, including Rabot, you know, with daggers, very up close and personal, and just dump them on top of the other corpses. Mm. Now, those dunes where this grisly murder, all these grisly massacres happened or murders happened, uh, is now called Ma- Matazana Inlet, currently which is Spanish for Massacre Inlet. So you can go to Massacre Inlet and think about the, like, over 200 people that were viciously stabbed to death while their hands were tied. I, uh... There's probably probably a Chili's there now. Yeah, I'm saying, like, (laughs) it's
0: gotta be an incredible landscape. Now, people getting uh, slaughtered uh, with all kinds of happy hour deals
1: (laughs) uh so pedro set about trying to expand the spanish colony in florida there were expeditions as far uh west as tennessee and as far north as north carolina eventually he did set up santa elena in port royal the one that he wanted to originally uh with next to the old uh french fort that was there Although in the end, most of Pedro's colonies failed due to mutiny, breakdowns with native tribes, which led to raids, starvation, or massacres. Uh, St. Augustine and a few other coastal settlements in the deep south in Florida had some success as Spanish colonies, and they did last, you know, well into the 1700s and shit like that. But for the most part, you know, when they say Spain owned the south there was they weren't really doing anything with it you know like it's bragging rights like we got
0: yeah. there first
1: right it's the same th- it's the same thing with like uh it's the same thing with california like spanish just had like a bunch of missionaries like weird shit like up there and not like they settled it
0: yeah it, it's kind of like the united states and the moon Oh well, we're there. We colonized it. Well, we colonized it, but like we didn't do anything that cool. I mean, a guy played golf. I, it wasn't even like against someone, and there was no one there to even manicure that field. That no, but golf how do you? How do you know they left?
1: Right? How, how do you know they left?
0: They're still there.
1: Neil and Buzzard. Yeah, they cloned them up there. It's all
0: just different Neils and Buzzards. So they're just hanging out. With- <laughs> There's two guys. Well, they've reproduced. Each other. I mean, after 50-something after years, you got to be kissing each other on the lips. Like, you will get horny.
1: No, Buzz There's... had ovaries put in, so they had... Have... Oh. <laughs> it's all just a clone <laughs> <It's> army.
0: <laughs> pretty neat. Yeah. Pretty neat. Pretty progressive. I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, getting to the moon is progressive. Getting to first base on the moon is even more progressive. Oh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, so that's kind of like where I'm gonna sort of leave off here. You know, we've got, so we've got like the Spanish are roughly hanging out in the, you know, the French just got their ass handed to them, but mainly these settlements that Pedro set up in the late 16th century were just flashes in the pan. Um, but their real stronghold always was the Caribbean and Central America. That was really where the Spanish focus there Colonization, the French did eventually get their revenge for the capturing of Fort Caroline. A French adventurer named Dominique de Gouguez teamed up with the native tribes and uh, assaulted San Mateo in fifteen in fifteen sixty nine He hanged thirty Spanish soldiers after he raised the fort and left a sign that read. I do not do this as unto Spaniards, nor as onto Spanish Jews or Muslims, but onto traitors, robbers, and murderers. Worse
0: than Pedro's. Yeah. Worse. Way worse than Pedro's. <laughs> yeah. And that is the story of
1: Fort Caroline, Charles Fort, um, and
0: yeah. There's a lot of pirates, a lot of naval battles going on. Well, Travis, thanks so much for telling me about this. It's hard to follow, to be honest with you. I feel like it's it's a story of um sad rich men. Yeah. So there's
1: there's one there's at least one more crappy colony that I want to fit in fit in before our 300th Uh, because I we still haven't talked about one country in particular um, and that would be the English we've done the French we've done the Spanish English were very late to the game Uh, it took them over a hundred years for them to have an actual functioning colony in Jamestown but there were a few attempts we know about Roanoke right and I'd love to go into Roanoke there's one that I didn't even know about, and that's the one that we're going to talk next time we do Crappy Colony. Awesome. Well,
0: we'll get that in before 300. What episode is this? Mm, 288. 288. All right. Well, we'll be getting there. Um, We've got more Sterling Hayden coming up. We have another Crappy Colony. Um, we'll figure it out. Connor's got ideas. The man has so many ideas. And um, then after that, we're going to start an OnlyFans. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. No, we're, we're going to put- go with feet, feet Finder. Feet Finder, right, yeah. right. Yeah. But we're going to put our assholes on Feet Finder. Yeah. People are going to be cruising around going, what? what? What do you... That's calamari. That's not feet. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> that's not a toe. That's a brown hole. Yeah. So, we'll... Um, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to do something new and different. Yeah. Um, just like these people may have thought. As they sh- sailed off into a disaster, we might be doing the same thing. It is quite possible and probable as history repeats itself. <laughs> yes, it's, it, it is definitely destined at some point. But thank you very much for doing the research tonight. Um, just throwing it out there coming in pretty low energy because of all the shit that I've been doing. And then also I got drunk while this was happening. So uh, this episode may have teetered in in someone's mind. And for that, I give you a A plus in observation skill. <laughs> uh, I just been eating more and more bologna as we've been talking. So that's my excuse. Yeah, well, mine's not an excuse. Mine is just... Observations. What's happening? What's observations? Yeah. How it be? Um, yeah. Uh, you could. We're still gonna. We're so for the new show that the pending new show. It'll still be the same Patreon. We'll probably change the link name, but yeah, you'll be on board. It's yeah. the same baby. So don't you worry. Um, which is patreoncom slash cast I saw that we had a few more people join very recently. As soon as you announced. Yeah, we're not doing it anymore. So, <laughs> shout out to you people because you know what's up. Yeah. You see it bubbling. Yeah. And bubbling is sick. If,
1: if you're not happy with our release schedule, because it's going to be rocky, as I mentioned, uh, feel free
0: to donate more. <laughs> yeah. Incentivize us. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike is still broke. He's working many hours for the US government. So, he's now a spy. Yeah. He's spying on me. They say he's at the post office. He doesn't know that they work for the IRS. His new title is Mike Spy Kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's got sick yeah. ass sunglasses. So sick. Um and I don't know. We'll probably change the website. We're still oh yeah, if you have a name idea, let us know. Yeah. Cause we still we still we know the show concept. We don't know this, the, what to call. Yeah, it. we'll get there.
1: will <laughs> uh, that, that, That'll all probably happen next year.
0: So, yeah, eh, it's happening. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a Christmas release. Maybe we'll do it in the the holiday season.
1: I, I maybe. I mean, we still. I feel like we still have one more countdown left in us.
0: Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that'll be good. On, under roast countdown. mortem? Yeah, yeah, do a nice tall glass of countdown. Anyway, uh, I'm rambling at this point, which means that I do want to talk to you. Consider it as a uh, a compliment, you fine listeners. Mucho appreciato all the, uh, the downloads and attentions and whatnot. And uh, we have more coming.
1: Yeah, like our partnership with Bad Dragons.
0: Yes, check them out at baddragon.com slash russmormoncast where you can find uh, the one that looks like Travis's foot. (laughs) Foot, wink, wink. Bye. Thank you.